welcome to baseball break your heart beautiful i'm paul Paul atwood i'm joe newman what's up nothing how are you oh i was saying what's up to the listener dude (laughs) (laughs) but i'm doing well thanks for asking how are you paul excellent i'm doing i'm doing very well we are here (laughs) yeah we are here to present our newest bloop single washington dc you later later uh clever it's good yeah yeah you guys so, like us <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh so washington dc always had terrible franchises uh a friend of mine an internet weirdo that i met back in 2009 on a family history forum victor vickhurst apparently he was there at the last game when like a, a full-scale riot broke out and then they moved to texas forever family history forum <laughs> uh vic has an inexhaustible bag of crazy baseball stories and uh he shared this one with me so i'm going to kind of set things up and then we'll uh then we just slide into uh into vic's part of the story and i'll uh, knock him down how about that <laughs> joe did the score what's up <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. Uh, it's a little distracting because it's beautiful. <laughs> I did all the reading and uh, Vic brought all the fun storytelling. So enjoy. DC you later. DC you later. Washington, DC is known for a good many things, but good baseball is not one of them. There are over 160 permanent monuments and memorials intended to forever engrave in public memory everything from Lincoln's closed fist and Martin Luther King's unfinished work to the victims of the Titanic and FDR's dog. But the one thing the city can't seem to hold on to and often wish they could forget is their baseball team. The third iteration of the Washington Senators, established in 1961, was just as bad as the second, which had relocated to Minneapolis the same year, after six decades in the district. Professional baseball has been played in the nation's capital since 1871, when the Olympic Club of Washington, D.C. became one of the early members of the newly minted National Association of Professional Baseball Players. The first Washington Senators ball club was established in 1892 after several other teams came and went. The Senators enjoyed some measure of popularity until the National League pulled out of D.C. after the 1899 season and disenfranchised the young ball club. In 1901, the newly recognized American League moved in and re-established the Senators franchise. Despite sitting presidents often attending games and being home to several baseball legends such as Goose Gosselin and Walter Johnson, and winning the 1924 World Series, the Senators were simply a bad baseball team. Their unofficial slogan was, First in war, first in peace, and last in the American League. And it held true for the better part of the century they called the capital home. When the St. Louis Browns moved to Baltimore in 1954, so did the Senators' fans. Longtime team owner Clark Griffith passed away in 1955, and his son Calvin moved the team to Minneapolis in 1960 to play in front of, quote, good, hardworking white people. Yikes. 
Because the notion of the national pastime not being played in the nation's capital just seemed flat-out un-American, the district was granted an expansion team in 1961, and the Senators were back for a third time and were as bad as ever. Not even legendary player-turned-manager Ted Williams could turn them into a successful baseball team, securing just a single winning season in 1969. The team was purchased that year by politician and shipping magnate Bob Short, who borrowed heavily to close the deal. Hoping to mitigate the debt he incurred purchasing the franchise, Short gutted the team. He also had a tendency to abscond with beloved franchises and sell them off on the other side of the country. When he purchased the Minneapolis Lakers for $150,000, he promised the previous owner, who had turned down substantial offers from out-of-town groups, that he would not move the team. But a true carpetbagger at heart, he moved them to LA in 1960, where he sold them for a $3 million profit. Short made plenty of promises that he would keep the Senators in DC, but when it came time to make good on those promises, he predictably came up short. I asked Mr. DeVickhurst to share his recollections of the Senator's final years in D.C., and he provided me with the following. Throughout the 1960s, with Baltimore winning championships just down the road and D.C. becoming a mob scene on any given day, the Senators continued hemorrhaging fans, including myself. At the time, baseball seemed like a distraction that was promoting the outdated American values that were propping up an increasingly authoritarian establishment that was committed to turning back the clock on civil rights and social progress. I mean, Richard Nixon was a baseball fan. It was the only thing that duplicitous meat sack full of plague-ridden rats and myself had in common. Regardless, that was enough to turn everyone besides the Oki from Muskogee types away from ballparks. Tom Vandergriff, the mayor of Arlington, Texas, who had a vision of turning his town into some kind of hotter-than-hell 10-gallon Disneyland, promised Short a bevy of riches including a $7.5 million broadcasting deal and a new, barely suitable but eminently habitable stadium. The lease was owner-friendly and payable in cases of Lone Star and Jerry Jeff Walker tickets. Short was doing everything he could to drive fans away in D.C., like jacking up ticket prices and demanding a fence be built around the stadium parking lot, loudly proclaiming the area was a hotbed for crime, and then openly deriding the fans for their lack of support. The outraged D.C. fan base showed up in force to give Short a piece of their mind for the final game the Washington Senators would ever play. RFK Stadium was the first big league ballpark I ever set foot in. To say the least, seeing only 3,000 people dotted around the 45,000-seat stadium was a disappointing experience. I spent my entire boyhood in Mexico and southwest Texas dreaming about the lights and excitement of the big leagues. I had seen more people come out to exhibition games back home at Coconut Field and Alpine. Even so, after skipping the entire 71 season, I felt obligated to see them off. 14,460 fans, quadruple their usual draw, showed up early and unfurled banners that said, Short stinks! And how dare you sell us short! And the classic, to the point, Fuck you, short! 
Even Nixon, who liked to attend games between stoking up a race war and gunning down college students, hated Short, once saying, Short is a jerk. I sat behind him at games and I can tell you, moaning and bitching all the time. The mood of the game was grim with the Yankees up 5-1 in the sixth inning when Frank Howard stepped up to the plate. Howard looked like some gigantic bumpkin from a Steinbeck novel that had discovered baseball between launching hay bales 30 vertical feet into a barn loft and hammering fence posts into the ground with his bare fists. They called the six-foot-seven bespectacled aw-shucks-looking Ohioan the capital punisher. Because anyone pitching fastballs down the middle when Howard was in the box was guilty of being a moron and he made them pay. Despite decades of rivalry, the Yankees gifted the district a fastball right down the middle, and the monument-sized Howard smashed it into the outfield stands. What felt like a wake became a frenzy. One fan brought an effigy of Short and the crowd ripped it to pieces. I could feel things were beginning to get ugly. Spending the last years of the 60s in DC gave me a sixth sense for when a riot was about to break out. Washington made a late comeback, and in the top of the ninth, with the Senators winning 7-5, fans began to congregate at the railings, chanting, WE WANT SHORT! When a fan jumped onto the field, eluded security, and literally stole first base, a full-scale riot broke out, with fans pouring onto the field like a swarm of jungle ants, destroying everything in their path and carrying away anything they could get their hands on, including the light bulbs from the scoreboard. With no way of corralling the crowd back into the stands, the game was forfeited to the Yankees, and the Senators became the Texas Rangers. I sat in the stands conflicted. The fans gave away the game to their most bitter rivals, but I couldn't blame them. Greed ruins what's good about the game. An elderly woman in the stands scolded a young rioter. You couldn't just let them win? You ruined the game! To which the youth replied, Who cares about the game? The fans were just taking back what they felt was theirs. You saw it in the ballparks and you saw it in the streets. People taking back what should have never been for sale. That was the sad and shameful end to a century of baseball in the nation's capital. If there was ever a marble monument or memorial to these teams to forever affix them in our collective memory, the inscription would simply read, Baseball will break your heart. everybody whoa that was it thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed that uh be sure to check out our uh other stuff over on on spotify uh we have a royal tragedy and uh feral brothers uh, that's brothers. a that's that's a little bloop single royal tragedy is a big three-part monster about the 2014 royals and uh the glorious heartbreak of that World Series run. And um, 
And then what do we got coming up in the spring, Joe? Enemies of all mankind. Woo! It's about cocaine. And pirates. Yeah, it's it's sick. It's it's gonna be dope. Yeah, yeah. We we dive into some mystical Joseph Campbell cave art nonsense and then to the high seas and then to uh you know the glorious night cl- nightlife of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the 1980s. It's pretty cool. Yep. It'll get you it'll it'll put lead in your pencil, baby. <laughs> and I think uh I think there's a cryptid that makes uh that makes a cameo in that whole thing. It's got to be a cryptid. Got to be a cryptid. Got to be a cryptid. I do love a cryptid. Okay. okay. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, this is Baseball Break Your Heart. I'm Paul Atwood. I'm Joe Newman. Subscribe. Give us subscribe. Give us like love. us. Yeah. Like us. We're really cool. <laughs> well, we're trying. We're really doing our best. But uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Tell your friends. See you next time. Bye.